When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Podcast on Fifth Ave. We were off last week because Taylor was on vacation and I was dealing with car troubles. So, Taylor, how was your vacation? It was great. I went to New York City, Times Square. Uh, yeah. Heck yeah. Days. I've heard yeah. of it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How's your car? Uh, it's all better now. Yeah. I hit a PA pole that sent me into a different dimension. So, um, got my tire fixed, but it's fine. No, it's not, but it's, it's okay. Now I don't have to worry about it anymore. But the Penguins were staying busy while we were on a quick little break. They signed Kasperi Kapanen and Danton Heinen, which was a bit of a surprise. I think we knew that Kasperi Kapanen was going to get signed. He's a uh, two-year deal at $3.2 million, and Danton Heinen a one-year deal at $1 million. I feel like Kapanen, people are saying he was way overpaid, and then Danton Heinen took a a very significant cut to stay with the team. So there's there's a lot going on here. Let's start with Kasperi Kapanen. Why that number? Like, wh- what did he do last season that warranted yeah. that amount of money? I think every that's what everybody's asking. Like, me what? too. <laughs> Was he worth it? Like, what did he do? Yeah. So three point two for people that aren't aware of that is his uh, average annual value from his last contract. So no pay cut, no raise, just the same. I think, you know, his last contract, he wasn't quite living up to. I think a lot of people did expect, you know, a pay decrease. Um, mm-hmm. I did. I think yeah. something here was, so he had filed for salary arbitration. He did have those rights as, as a restricted free agent. Um, and they were approaching that, uh, his, his hearing date, they were only, I was like less than a week away and nobody wants to go to salary arbitration. I feel like if it had gone to arbitration, he, he might've gotten a little less, uh, than 3.2. I don't know if what he would have, the, the difference would have been worth going to salary arbitration because it's bad for both sides because, the way salary arbitration works is, you know, like the team and the player go in with like a, a contract in mind and they argue their point and the the neutral party, the arbitrator, decides which one. So it's going to be what whatever mm-hmm. the team wants or whatever the player wants. So, I mean, the players are obviously asking higher, the team's asking lower. When you're in these hearings, the team's whole job is to argue why this why the player's not worth, you know, you know they, they, they have to tear them down. And I mean, like the player. Right. In the hearing, you know, that's 
It's just a bad thing yeah. to do for like Ron Hextall, you know, going to the meeting, talk about why Casperi Kapanen's awful and doesn't deserve, you know, whatever mm-hmm. he's asking for. So both parties want to avoid that. So typically players file for arbitration, not really expecting to go to arbitration, but to, you know, just kind of add pressure to get something done. Uh, yeah. Teams don't want to rip their players either. And I think, you know, there's mm-hmm. a history of, cases that actually do make it to arbitration and go through the hearing the players typically not around that much long after you know they they get the contract but the relationship can be damaged they typically get traded mm-hmm. or sign elsewhere not long after so knowing that you know Kappen and filed I don't know what he would have gotten if it would have gone to arbitration I don't know if it would have been worth the the difference but yeah the Heinen signing definitely balances things out and makes the Kapanen deal sting a little less, but that's definitely a whole lot more than I was expecting. I think everyone's expecting. Yeah. yeah, it was it was high. It was on the higher side. But yeah, like you said, Danton Heinen, way less money. Not maybe not way yeah. less, but a, a significant amount less. And he he actually said that he he felt like staying in Pittsburgh was best for him and had the best chance to keep this team together and potentially win a Stanley cup. So that, I mean, that's exciting on, on a lot of different levels because it, it provides some depth to, to the forward side of things because they still do have nine defensemen and that he, he wasn't consistent all the time last year, but he, when he was good, he, he provided some scoring depth. He was quick. He was, um, he tough, like he, he played a really solid game when he was on. So the fact that Hextall was able to keep him here and kind of take a pay cut, which we'll get into the salary cap situation in the next segment, but like that, that was a big deal. And it's exciting that they were able to keep him around for another year to, to kind of see what his potential could be and also just add a little bit to that bottom six. Yeah, I mean, because you look at – so the Penguins had him on a one-year deal last year. So he signed for $1 million one year. His last deal was one, uh, $1.1 one one year. And that one was kind of like a show-me, like what you do, can do contract mm-hmm. because – you know, when he was in Boston, he, he was, you know, a big point producer and he did have two two really good years and then he did kind of fall off in Anaheim. That's why Anaheim didn't qualify him. So the Penguins, it was mm-hmm. like a one year, show me what you got. And I think he lived up to that. And he definitely could have gotten yeah. more on the open market. Um, and, you know, he, he was a restricted free agent who was not qualified because he had arbitration rights too. So if, you know, he and Kapanen both would have filed, it really could have put the Penguins in a tough spot. So that's why, yeah. you know, cause I, um, I, I had heard, you know, from his side that even though the Penguins, you know, stopped, I heard this, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had it in our Friday insider that, you know, they were, they were still talking. There are numbers being like thrown out there, like in other reports that he was asking for like $3 million. And like, I, I don't know, I reached out and I heard like, speculation bad reporting um and he was very open to to you know salary that's what i heard from the beginning and that the, the door was definitely still open to him to return to pittsburgh mm-hmm. um and i had heard that you know if he had been qualified and gone to arbitration they thought he could have gotten somewhere close to four million dollars in arbitration um because they do really look at you know past performance and mainly yeah. goals and stuff in those kind of hearings so that's not that you know far off 
And Heinen did get other off. He left more, he left better contracts on the table to come back to Pittsburgh. Um, and we heard it was because, you know, he loves the city, the team, his teammates, the chance to win, and Mike Sullivan in particular. So, uh, mm. yeah, that's that's great to see from him because he does add some uh, some versatility to the – because they do have a ton of depth forwards down too. But, I mean, he's definitely an upgrade over, you know, some of the guys – the depth forwards they had already signed early in free agency. So, yeah, and like I said, it balances out the cap and deal that I don't think we were expecting to see. Yeah, that, they were both surprising in different ways, yeah. but the the money on the Kapanen deal was a bit hmm, curious. Do, like, is there is there any chance that last season was just kind of a a dud that he laid? Like, it, is there any upside potential that this season he could come out and prove his worth in that in that t- kind of like dollar amount yeah I mean he I, I don't know 3.2 but he looked great in the playoffs I mean it was only you know seven games yeah. and he he wasn't you know finishing but we are seeing a lot of the um you know one thing with him he you know his speed is his greatest asset and I think when he was struggling in the regular season it was because he wasn't taking full advantage of that and he would you know skate mm-hmm. into the zone and slam on the brakes and you know instead of yeah using his speed and I, th- I think in the playoffs you finally started to see him um play the way he could I mean the the goals weren't going in he was of course you know Shesterkin was on the other and the guy yeah. on the the Vesna uh, but I I don't know so I think yeah that was encouraging and then also uh two seasons ago when he was he spent more time with Malk and they did really have good chemistry for, for good. Yeah. Now. You know, Malkin's definitely back. Maybe they, they get uh, back together there and they can find that chemistry again. So I don't know. I don't think Kapanen's going to destined to be like a, I don't know, like a healthy scratch, you know, like he was a couple of games last season. I, I don't know if he'll live up to 3.2, but I, I think at the end of the, this past season, he showed encouraging signs that, you know, he could be an effective player next year. Yeah, and we'll see where he ends up in the in the lineup. But yeah, o- overall, good news. Um, hopefully, we'll see some uh, better better outcomes for for him. And then having Danton Heinen around is another good thing. When we come back, we will talk a little bit more about the salary cap situation. But let's take a quick break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey 
We are back. So the Penguins are still in a bit of a tight salary cap uh, debacle. Uh, it's not not great for them going into this season. So Taylor, what are they looking at right now, and what are some options for them moving forward if there are any at all? Yeah. So people always ask, like, how much cap space do the Penguins have? That's not something. There's not like a one answer to that right now just because there are so many depth you know options right now we don't know who's going to be on the final row there are no rosters in the summer what you see on cap friendly puckpedia those are simply projections based on what they think the roster is going to be so there's no like answer like you know what their cap space is right now but right it there are ways that they can get cap compliant without making another trade but i still think another trade is coming so okay. I a story on the site, just uh, running down. So I, I looked, there are 27 different players who are under an NHL contract who could reasonably compete for a spot on the NHL roster. Um, and in, so 23 is the max. So 27... Of the 27 they have, that totals 86.3 million in salary cap space, including the $2 million in Jack Johnson dead cap hit. So, they <sighs> hit, yeah, that, you know, honestly, if they didn't have that, this would not Lord be of mercy. God. Um, so Jack Johnson. So, they have to get under 23. You don't have to go in with 23. I mean, you don't need that many players. Typically, teams don't go in with all 23 because, unless you need to. Because you don't yeah. want that many guys eating the press box nachos um, or the soft pretzel bites. They did come back that season, <laughs> but back to the soft pretzels. Um, Twenty-seven different players, so they got to get that at least under twenty-three. Just for so the, the depth options um, that aren't obvious uh, at Ford: Archibald, Paling, O'Connor, Zahorna, Kajula. That is how you say it. That's not how I was saying Kajula before, but that is. How- <laughs> Live and learn. <laughs> um, and then the, the depth D options, Ty Smith, Pierre Joseph, Chad Ruido, Mark Friedman, I'm including them even though they're on the, the initial roster. But yeah. Um so they got it, they gotta they gotta trim that down. Um so one of the, the problems the penguins have are that most there aren't many guys here who are exempt from waivers. So um there are guys I mean you can put them on waivers and reassign them and they might clear, but um as far as the guys who are exempt from waivers and can be sent down, the only two are Drew O'Connor and Ty Smith, who both are guys who probably might, of, of, of all those depth for it and defensemen, are probably at the top of the list of like who could be in the NHL. But it's like, are they going to get buried just because you know they're the only two guys who can mm. safely, no risk, be sent down to Wilkes-Barre? I mean, I think Drew O'Connor is ready for... And a full-time NHL spot now after the way he performed in, in Wilkes-Barre. I mean, the reason he yeah. didn't get called up the end of last season, well, first of all, he had the collapse lung in, uh, I want to say that was Vegas. Took him a while to get back to 100%. Board. Yeah. Um, and then it, it was like his his previous contract was an issue of, they, he couldn't get, they didn't have the space to call him up last year mm. because he had performance bonuses written into his contract. And if you're using long-term IR to call up a guy, you have to account for any potential performance bonuses 
um, and they didn't have the LTIR space to do that. So basically, it was his contract. It was the lung, and then his contract prevented him from coming up next year. He did resign. He's what, what league minimum? Um, yeah, seven hundred fifty thousand. So that his contract's not an issue right now, but it's like, but now he's exempt from waivers, and he's like the only yeah. Is so. And Ty Smith, who they got from New Jersey, he's a third-year pro. He's never played in the AHL. He's been in New Jersey full-time the last two years. So Dang. he's going to get sent down just because it's the least risky option. Um, yeah, I don't I, – I wouldn't – I'd like to see both of them be options at the NHL level, but it's like I don't – I don't know. Um, yeah, what well, can they manage financially? It's just – yeah. Their hands are a bit tied. So if they if they send those two down, um, that leaves them that cuts it down to twenty five players with a combined so salary cap of eight point eighty four point six. So t- a little over two million over the ceiling. So they got a um, that's like three players, three depth guys. Yeah. So say you send down O'Connor and, and Ty Smith, you have to put three. players players on waivers um and with 15 forwards and eight defensemen that probably mean two forwards one defenseman um the Uh. forward who (sighs) kajula just he's another guy who you know he was a full-time nhler but uh he missed most of last season with an injury um he in in november is when uh he had the season ending injury it was um the neck thing, I believe he needed hey. surgery. Yeah, um, herniated disc in his neck is what it was. So he's someone that you could probably sneak through waivers. Um, I don't know how many teams would be looking to claim him just because he did. Yeah, last season. And then the other one is uh, Redeem Zahorna that I would risk putting on waivers. Just he, what he's twenty six years old. He's not. Mm-hmm the youngest guy and he doesn't have a ton of NHL experience. I just feel like he, he could probably clear. Right. Um, it typically is easier to put guys on waivers this time of year. Um, Cause you think t- coming out of training camp, basically every other team already has their roster set. They know which of their guys they want to keep their health. Yeah. It's not like they're, they're looking to fill injury holes. So it's it's easy to put guys like that on waivers and have them. You don't see a ton of guys getting claimed on waivers out of training camp just because the other teams don't have room either. And you look at you know, um, how many teams are also in cap crunches. Uh, yeah. And you know, so and and if because if another team claims a guy on waivers, there ha- there's like the intent to keep them in the NHL the full year because another team can't claim him and then try to send him down too because if they did that then the Penguins would be able to claim him back and put him right back in the AHL. So I don't know if a team would claim like Redeem Zahorner thinking he's going to be a full-time NHLer right now. So yeah, I think those two would be safe. And then on defense, th- th- this is where it's even harder because, I mean, of the, th- the three who would, I think, maybe even be in consideration right here, like Chad Rubido, Mark Friedman, and Pierre Joseph. And I think of those three, I think, P.O. Joseph might be the guy. Um, Chad Ruido, if a team is looking for, you know, like a, a seventh defenseman, Chad Ruido would be very appealing just because he mm-hmm. hasn't been in that role before where you know he can sit for long periods of time and then come in for a couple of games to be effective. So if a team needs right. a seventh defenseman, 
I think that's the case where you actually would lose, you know, Ruedel. And then same with Mark Friedman. And Mark Friedman also is very good on the left and the right side, and he's younger. So I think it would be mm-hmm. risky to lose Mark Friedman. Um, Pio Joseph, he only has, I think, like, I think 20 total games of NHL experience. So I don't know. Not much, yeah. I mean, and he obviously is very young, so that could be appealing to, you know, a rebuilding team that, you know, they could, like a team like in Arizona could give him, um, you know, the shot. Arizona's not even an NHL team. They're not playing in an NHL. (laughs) It's just like some sort of minor league team. Oh, how embarrassing. Yeah, they could, um, so that could be risky too. I think something that might help Joseph's, ability to pass through waivers and go to Wilkes-Barre is that he can only play on the left side and like, you know, like Mark Freeman. So um, yeah. it was if he, he had never played on the left in juniors and then his whole time in Wilkes-Barre, um, the only time they tried him on the right was one game this past season. Didn't even last the whole game. They put him right back on the left. So uh, any team that would be putting in a claim would have to have an opening for him at the NHL level on the left side. So that really yeah. narrows down the teams that could potentially claim him. So um, that's still a big risk, though. Um, but so, you know, if they, you know, put Zahorna, Kajula, Jibizif on waivers, send him down, and including, you know, O'Connor and Ty Smith, um, that would give them a 22-man roster, which is fine. So one extra forward, one extra defenseman, and $133,000 of cap space. So they could go into the season that way. That's, like, definitely not ideal, though, to only have yeah. that. That's not enough to call anyone up. And if someone, you know, if, they're, if they have guys on IR and they need to call someone up, regular IR does not open up cap uh, relief that only provides a roster spot uh, and only a long tomorrow open gives cap relief so ideally you'd go in with at least enough cap room to call up one player so that makes me think that probably a trade is still the most likely option here maybe move out someone like a Pedersen or a Dumoulin but Dumoulin makes four million Pedersen just over four million dollars mm-hmm you know, if you do that, then you can keep Pio Joseph in the NHL. You don't have to make that risk. Or um, you look at uh, some of the forward options. I-, I don't know if I'd move Jason Zucker. I think yeah. I want to keep him and give – if he can just stay healthy, he can be an effective yeah. player. And, you know, I, I asked, like, Hextall in the draft. It's, he seemed encouraged with the – where Zucker's health is at right now. He's not going to need surgery in the offseason, he told me, and he's making a lot of progress. I, it was like a core muscle issue again with him last season. Brock McGinn maybe would be an option just because he is a guy who's, you know, like overpaid. Um, yeah, just, a, just a touch. Yeah, like just over like $3 million, um, I believe, 2.75, yeah. So just right around $3 million. They have depth forwards, a bunch of them. Maybe one of them could probably do what McGinn does for much cheaper. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I still think Marcus Pedersen's uh, going to be your best bet here. It just I, it makes sense to move out of defenseman, I think. Um, yeah. And 
I know Jimlin is someone, like I mentioned, he's someone that maybe, you know, people are talking about too. I think something with him though, he, so he's in the final year of his contract. He's turning 31 in September. You look at the teams that have a lot of cap space. They're the rebuilding teams, you know, like, like in Arizona um, or Buffalo, I don't know if they'd want to trade for Brian Dumlin, knowing that he's not going to be a long-term option. Yeah. He's not part of the rebuild. Marcus Pedersen, he's young enough. He's uh, 26 years old. $4 million cap it, not that unreasonable for him. And no, it's not. And he's young enough that a team like Arizona could theoretically um, see him as a long-term option as part of their rebuild. And another mm-hmm. thing is... Brian Dumoulin does have a modified no-trade clause that allows him to submit a 10-team no-trade list. So you think of, like, the bad teams that have the cap space, you know, Chicago, Buffalo, you know, Arizona. Brian Dumoulin could just put those teams on his no-trade list, and then he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Why would he want to go to, like, Chicago if he doesn't have to? But um, Mm -hmm. Marcus Pedersen, no-trade protection this year. So he has three years left on his contract. This year, no-trade protection. But in the final two years of his contract, um, he has an 18 no-trade list. So if he's going to be moved, now it's got to be now. Yeah. Probably do it. It's not impossible to move a guy with an 18 no-trade list, but in, like, the flat cap, it would be a whole lot harder after this year. So yeah. um, my final verdict um, send down Kajula, Zahorna, um, and then uh, trade uh, Marcus Pedersen, and then keep, you know, maybe P.O. Joseph or Ty Smith in that final defense spot. And, um, you know, and then Drew O'Connor, but then I don't know what you do with Drew O'Connor. I think you might still have yeah. to just so he has somewhere to play, even if you can fit him in cap wise. Mm-hmm. He needs somewhere to play, so. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, they got a couple months to figure this stuff out, but luckily, yeah, because they're in kind of a tough spot and they do have time, yeah. but it's not ideal. <laughs> Hopefully, that one way or the other, they'll have to figure it out because they can't go into the season not cap compliant and um, with too many men. So, it, either way, it's going to work out, but it will be interesting to see what happens if Marcus Pedersen's still on the team, if he ends up somewhere else, if they keep certain guys up. It, it will be very fascinating to watch, but let's take one more break and we'll be right back. And we are back. So formerly known as Heinz Field, is not the only stadium in Pittsburgh that has made some upgrades and edits for this coming season. PPG Paints Arena has also announced that they are making upgrades and improvements. Taylor, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I talked with um, Kevin Acklin. He's their uh, president of business operations. And I was just asking that, you know, what's coming? Um, so he told me about a couple of of things and changes that are coming because I mean under Fenway and then they hired um, Oakview Group to to manage PPG Paints Arena. So mm-hmm. um, new ownership management. They're they're looking at a bunch of different things. Um, he didn't he didn't have an answer for how much of this would be ready for the start of the season yet. Um, that's still like an active discussion. But he did yeah. say that it seems like. Some things are going to happen this off season. Some things they're going to 
they have the opportunity to do as the season is ongoing. He, he did mention, you know, like October, they only have three home games. So that gives them a little bit of uh, wiggle room to yeah. add stuff during October. And then some stuff might have to wait till, you know, next summer too. But um, a couple things uh, happening. Uh, the biggest ones are uh, a new video board. And oh. yeah. And then, uh, and, so I've been talking about this for a while, but the ability to project like video and effects onto the ice. So like what you see Vegas doing, um, you know, they're, they're really good with it. That's something that they're going to be adding um, new, like LED Excellent. light ground, but the, the on ice projections are like the, the biggest thing. And that's just where, I mean, all new buildings have that now. Um, but, and you're seeing also a lot of buildings that are much older than PPG have already made those conversions. Like yeah. the, um, the flyers, the capitals and the lightning, all their build, those three buildings were uh, built in the mid nineties and they have it. Um, so this is kind of just catching up to where things are going. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, you see all those teams do really cool pregame, like intro stuff, like the effects. Um, the flyers have like gritty, skate out and act like he's breaking the ice and then it shatters and stuff like that yeah but beyond that it's really cool for like just um like the the fan experience i know something Mm -hmm. like the the lightning do um during like intermissions they'll project like um the shot maps from like the previous period so you can like visualize that and that's really cool um uh, Ackland did also mention you know like what uh the lightning did during the stanley cup final if people didn't see they opened their building for the road game, the games that were in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so like they showed the game, like the video on the, on the video board, but then they also like use tracking technology to project like little, you know, player icons like onto the ice. So it's like, you could Crazy. walk onto the ice in front of you, like a projection of the game being played. So wild. Yeah. yeah. So he, he, he did mention light, the lightning is a team that, you know, that's kind of like what they're looking to, to go for. So um, those are the, the things I think fans, you know, are going to care about the most. You mentioned other, um, they're looking at a bunch of things for like premium seating. So like maybe more clubs um, in the arena, um, a new bunker suite, which is if you like look to the left of the penguins bench, there's like a super premium area. That's the suite 66. They're just, um, they have, like, access to, like, a cl- like a lower club or... But, so mm-hmm. they're talking about, like, maybe adding another one of those. And, um, I mean, in season, the people are, like, worried about, like, ticket prices. I saw when I wrote this. But um, they went through... Ticket prices, in a lot of cases, were lowered for going into next season. Like, uh, Fenway, they're very big on, like, analytics. Um, beyond just like hockey operations, but like with everything, like business, and mm-hmm. they did like go through and use something with analytics to look at every individual seat. In a lot of cases, seats prices were lowered. Um, well, yeah, so- I'm a season ticket holder, yeah. and my prices went down by like twenty dollars a ticket. Oh wow! Like crazy. It it was wild. Not expecting it, but they definitely definitely made it more affordable for most people to attend games, which is exciting because, you know, looking at the the state of the team, we're on the back end of the Crosby, Malkin, Latang era, and they're, you know, trying to get people 
to games as much as they can. And the fact that they were able to lower prices and, and also upgrade the arena, the way that they're doing is exciting because yeah. it's making hockey more accessible to people. Yeah. Unless like you, the season ticket holders, people buying tickets are not paying, footing the bill for like, yeah, exactly. The, like, all these, like, like projections that's totally independent from that. And like you said, yeah. ticket prices actually went down in a lot of cases. So yeah, it's exciting. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's, it makes hockey fun. And another fun thing, it was Evgeny Malkin's birthday, 36th birthday this past week. And you tweeted pictures of his cake, which iconic, just simply iconic. It's a Lion King cake. Um, Rafiki is holding up a fourth Stanley Cup. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Um, on top of Pride Rock. Yeah, there are three behind him, and Rafiki has another one. Um, I don't know. Is that manifesting, foreshadowing? Uh, you know, uh, here's hoping. Fourth Cup, but it would crazy cake i mean it's, it's so elaborate yeah and like you look at like honestly confession i don't think i've ever seen the lion king at least not like they're done really it's done really well the um, detail yeah yeah i it's crazy and then like you look in like the background like on the tv where you can see that they've like spotify going and it's like uh playing the soundtrack and then um yes it is oh my goodness <laughs> Um, I think it's like, can you feel the love tonight and that, but then that's it. his, um, uh, Anna, his wife, Anna did post a video of like the cake being wheeled in, um, and like people are trailing with like sparklers, but like they're playing, um, uh, circle of life and like Malkin's like fist pumping for it. I, honestly, when I saw that, <laughs> I was like, I was like, is this maybe like Nikita's cake? Because Nikita was born in the summer. But no, but this was on Malkin's like actual birthday. So <laughs> I don't know if this it could have been like a joint party or whatever, but this was Malkin's birthday cake. Um, but yeah, like the soundtrack, Truly. but then you see like in the videos too, like there are like Lion King balloons everywhere. Um, and Malkin had posted on his Instagram story, he had drawn like one of the Lion King characters and like, t I don't know what he wrote on it, it was in Russian, but so it was, this was a whole Lion King themed birthday. Very elaborate. They went all out. Yeah. Um, I did not notice the, the actual soundtrack <laughs> playing. That's next now, level. So what, this is going to air on the 4th. So three days before mm -hmm. Sidney Crosby's birthday, which Disney movie is he going to go with? Oh, that's... Like Lion King and Malkin wow. makes too much sense because you see what well, he has like pictures of him, like with real life lions in like Russia before. He's a big animal guy. He, he would wear mm -hmm. like this little, he wears like the penguin hat now that says Gino, but he used to wear like the lion one. Which, uh, Crosby? Dang. Which For some movie? reason, the first two that popped into my mind were Hercules and, for whatever reason, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> don't know why. Don't know why. But I just feel like there's something about Sid's personality that makes me feel like he would really appreciate the plot of that and the music in it. I don't know. I... On Hercules does make sense. I could, I could see him him being big into Hercules. I'm trying to think of, like, I know he's big into, like, World War II era stuff and, like, history. I don't <laughs> think there's, like, a Disney movie that comes to mind that's, like, based in no. 
uh, that era, but uh, I don't know. Hercules, Little Mermaid popped into my head. I don't know why. Okay. Not for any particular okay. reason, but uh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what what uh, what Disney movie he chooses we for sure will. for his birthday theme. Yeah. I don't. Know. What if see. Nathan McKinnon hasn't had the Stanley Cup yet? What if what if he chooses August seventh? What if he gets it on the seventh? You know. And they have a they have a little joint party, joint party, <laughs> McKinnon's cup party, and 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 Crosby's birthday party. Oh my God, they'll I'm both excited. be drunk for like a week. Yeah, <laughs> McKinnon did say he was the drunkest guy at Sid's cup party, so he wants Crosby to be drunk at his. I can't imagine. Yeah. Uh, I guess no. at that kind of level, but I don't know. Uh, very we'll excited see. to see what happens on August seventh. Oh my God, me too. You just never know. With, with Sid, you never know. Truly. <laughs> what a treat. Oh my God. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. We drop new episodes of Podcast on Fifth Ave every Thursday. So make sure you're subscribed, whether it's on our YouTube channel or wherever, wherever it is you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. We will see you next week. <laughs>